This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do when you time to get old? This is the black boy, this is a story that ain't never told. This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do? Welcome to Black Disabled Men Talk. I am here with Audis Smith and Keith Jones. We are going to talk about why Black MCs add and Black men in general die early and what can we do about it? Right. Let's go. All right. Otis, you want to go first? No, I'll follow your lead, fam. No, of Introduce. Oh, we just doing introductions? I could do that in my sleep. I'll do that. Oh, yeah. My name's Otis Mill. I'm um, an artist, a poet. I guess a social commentary as well. Commentator as well. I've been with um, Black Disabled Men Speaks for a good, what, year? This going, what, two years now? Almost, yeah. yeah. Two years. I'm a fairly simple man. There's not much to say about me. Uh, I definitely appreciate um, being invited to the dialogue. All right. My name is Keith Jones. I am one of the co-founders of Crip Hop Nation, president and CEO, so Touching Experiences, LLC. Um, part of this esteemed panel of brilliant black men for black disabled men talk and let's get it popping. I am late chief McLeod, a PhD candidate at California Institute of Integral Studies in the Anthropology and Social Change Department and I am also an author and poet. Alright. So to begin, let's talk about DMX. DMX, yeah, it's um, you know, it, it's one of those things like, cause they all my age, you know what I mean? Like this is like these are all like everybody who is passing is in and around my age, your age, our age. Um, so I to be fifty one and literally have outlived cousins who are younger, family sisters who are younger people who are your peers, who literally are maybe a year older, maybe a year younger. The, I think the heaviness of the loss of DMX along with Black Rob and all of these other um, cultural icons or cultural figures that provided, you know, soundtracks to, to our experiences. Um, it's just like, well, damn. I mean, we in a, <laughs> like we in a pandemic. And the pandemic ain't stopped. Black death ain't stopped. So is it black death by cop? Is it black death by just poor health? Is it black death by parent? Like it's it's like even having this discussion now is one of those things like there's so much heaviness. Like, yeah, I can talk about why black men died early age. It's nothing new. Like a decade, I think I told y'all. We were at a um onto the conference and um Dr. John Rich, I'll never really get this, put up a, uh, a study that had black men and white men 
uh, socioeconomic status, age, and life expectancy. And in every category, we were at least three and a half years shorter than a white man. So the fact that we're making it to 50, you know, whether DMX had, um, you know, personal demons or not, whether Black Rob, you know, had access to adequate the same thing about Black Rob is like, you know, you all over TV, but you can't get a kidney. And so um, it's, at this particular point, it's all like, I don't want to say numbing, but it's, it's, it's almost too much of a burden for any one soul to carry because it's constant, unrelenting. And, it, and, it, and it's all, and you know, it's not like, like we have a discussion about shit we already know. We already know that we we pinned, you know, we already know we got shitty health outcomes. Literally, black women are dying in childbirth as if they were in a quote third world or fourth world country. So the whole thing about black young hip hop, it's just black death. And it it will suck the life, you know, no pun intended, but it is life draining to constantly have to worry about how to survive in the place that wants you dead. So if you hear the dogs barking, don't say that. All this. Yeah, um, my apologies for taking a minute. I had to handle some things. Essentially, I agree with Keith. Like, it's a microcosm of the macrocosm. It's a reflection of the Black reality. Like I said, a lot of times we use manifestations of our oppression and manifestations of our pain as a, how do I say, as a comedy tool, right? Like Chadwick Bowick, when Chadwick Bowick was sick and you could see physical manifestations of that in his body instead of understanding and instead of trying to comprehend, we instead of make jokes about it. We, Right, we make punchlines about it, right? And then next thing you know, he passed away to cancer. Suddenly, Disney turning him into a brand, so he's no longer human. He's this, he's this brand name. What's up? And I'm cool. Yeah, he's this brand. Um, let's see, what other example? I mean, we just have to understand the reason why people get addicted to drugs or to anything for that matter because they're trying to escape their pain. So like he said, we're constantly bombarded by quote unquote black death, if not black death and black trauma. Like there's no escaping this essentially. So yeah, I, I definitely think there's a lot, something to be learned from this, but the only way we can actually learn from this it's not to study DMX in isolation, right? Because there's million and one DMXs out there, but because they don't have um, a name to them, because they don't have any popular music to them, we overlook them, right? So there's definitely something to be learned from this, but that's only if we start to think more holistically, then how do I say, um, Reactionary, reactionary, um, reactionary dialogue that we're having, where we jump from one sensation to another sensation and gaining nothing. So yeah, it's definitely a learning experience, like anything. But that's it.
the tea. You ready? GMX's death hit me hard because I was such a fan of his music and he was such a talented MC. And the tragic thing about it, as he explained in the Talib Kweli podcast, he was hooked on crack by a friend he looked up to who gave him a lace blunt when he was 14. So he spent his whole life struggling with this and no one could help him. Yeah, addiction that... And this is why I have the whole beef with, you know, the, the, the community in terms of us. Because we all know that story. I can't, I, I, I know too many Negroes that, uh, that's why, that's why, that's why on the street they say you never, you never smoke, you can't smoke with everybody. Be there when the blunt getting rolled. Cause they lace cigarettes, they lace blunts. Like that's the old, that's the old school stuff. You know, everybody's okay to get the sip, but not everybody built to have can smoke a ooh and then be cool with it and go to work. Some people look for that, they chase that high all the time. And I think what what what's so what's so crazy is what's so maddening about celebrities like DMX and Black Rob and pick, you know, the countless entertainers that have, that have passed. That happens every day in the hood and nobody loses no sleep. Like that happens daily, you know? And I, I guess for me, I, like the fact that a human life is gone is tragic. But it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm so sad because I can't party up no more because he's dead. When literally your cousin is struggling with the same thing. And it's like, make you get up and go get a job. Stop smoking that shit. Versus addiction, like crack, like crack is a chemical addiction. It's, it's If you have trauma in your life and you're introduced to a coping mechanism and you get no other way out, then, then yes, you can see how you can smoke till you're 50 because you never develop those skills. And and some people just, and it's not that you can't, you just are not in the place where people are supportive to give you that space. I mean, we all, I mean, I'm going through my stages of being a functional alcoholic because of the work. Like you go home with, with everybody else's burdens on your shoulder but there's nowhere to put those burdens, including yours. So then you have to sit with it. How do you sit with it if you don't have coping mechanisms? And that, but that is the black quote existence in America is we always are figuring out how from moment to moment to either dodge, deal or cope or avoid trauma and pain. And even if we do get a moment to sit so we can reflect and just try to heal. There's not like, like it's, it's what, like, what do you, like you turn off the TV and put on some music, you listen, but then the moment you cut on TV, another body is in the street. You know, you, know, you cut it on again, it's another police officer. It's another, it's another clerk. It's another waitress. It's another, you know, it's always another. And, I, personally, I'm tired. Like I'm, my soul is tired. 
My body is tired. My mind is tired. And it's relentless. And I think it's tired, not because I'm not willing to fight, but just because I'm tired of people being stupid on, <laughs> on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, hey, because racism and, and classes, all these isms are choices. Like, they're not endemic in nature. They're all choices. They're all of these, well, we don't think you're better than us, so we are going to act like this on purpose. And I think that's the most maddening part of all of this, because again, humans claim to be the height of intelligence, except we, we devolve and, and revert to the most base of our instincts, which, which I don't even know if it's instincts other than the fact that people just like being fucked up. So I don't know. I, like, I'm, like, I'm at this point, I've I, I given myself one more year to try to change the world. After that, I quit. I'm going to go sit on the beach, smoke a whole lot of weed without cracking it. <laughs> or maybe a little bit and then and and just relax because i because this you know because at this point of the game i mean in my 50s i like the data that we like us four on this thing the 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 data for us to get to 80 does not look well so you 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 make a choice about dealing with reality like are you going to constantly know in that space every day that there's a potential that this could be the last or do you just keep going on with hope i'm gonna go with the latter but i'm gonna be high while i do it leroy hey these are so sorry so sorry not coming late um yeah things have been not over here like always but thank you for keeping it on and you know the topic is like why men in hip hop become disabled and they die early. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I just I just see it happen often over and over again, you know, which with Bill and, you know, Part Prodigy with her sickle cell and now DMX. I think, you know, hip-hop don't, don't want to deal with that. <clears throat> no, nah, they don't want to deal with it. And you know why? Uh, but it's, I mean, you look at it in the vacuum, you just look at entertainers who are dying, that's one thing. But it is endemic of the Black experience. If you have poor access to healthcare from the beginning, it doesn't matter what kind of resources you have, just like I talked about it earlier. Black women who have Serena Williams got gobs of money, still black, almost died on the table. My twins, their mother on the table, black, had they did something else, I'd have been the single father. So it's so it's not just entertainment. It's black health in America in general that's always been dicey to maintain, which is why I smoke so much weed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also black men too because I see, I see, yeah, I'm not comparing, I'm not contrasting, but I see black women, you know, become disabled and live longer than black men. So I just, I'm just wondering what, what, what's, 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 you know, what's up with that, you know? Of course, you know, you're at the TLC. 
died, but you know, usually black women in hip hop, you know, outlive the men with almost the same kind of onset disability. The, um, the, the other thing in TLC, as sick as someone's, he's still hanging on. So yeah, it's just you know, it just it just it just crept into my, to my mind, you know, after Dr. Dre and now DMX, it was like, you know, why did black men you know become disabled in hip hop? And you know, two two or three months or even a year later they're they're, they're dead. Yeah, no, nah, I so the T Dre, I mean I in hip-hop, oh, go ahead, And the thing that bothers me is we have a culture of blaming the victim, which is asinine for me. Why criminalize and demonize people who are sick with addiction, who obviously need help, like a DMX, like a Whitney Houston, like a Michael Jackson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think also your black men don't reach out, you know, when when they get um, disabled or they get sick, they don't reach out to um to I I don't want to put us down, but it's either they don't, they don't reach out to change their lifestyle, you know. I mean, I I, I to compare it, but I see. Women, you know, when, when they, you know, they change the whole lifestyle. And I don't see, um, like, men, you know, okay, like, you know, Tony, Tony Hickman. And Tony Hickman, you know, became the sales. He changed her whole lifestyle. You know, I, I just... I just don't see that in black men. If I if I'm overlooking, please tell me. It's there are there is a whole like, but that but you go back to the you go back to when we were kids like when you went to jail. The reason people became Muslims was because they found Islam in prison and came out and didn't change their whole life. Now whether or not you agree with it, how they changed their life is irrelevant. If they made an effort. Um, you know, and I, and anecdotally, it does seem like that. But but again, in in the space of, if you're just talking about black disabled rappers, the reason you see more black disabled men is because it's 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 heavily skewed towards men. Yeah. You know, so it's not that they're not female rather. It's just they, the way we find about this stuff. No, nobody, nobody knew what the hell happened to Missy Elliott. Right? Nobody knows yeah. like the like and, and the only reason people even know about T Boz is because of the way Mac 10 did later on. Like like there are reasons for this stuff. And you know, but again, then without getting too deep into nuance, I mean the the the, the ableism, the sexism, the racism, just within you know, and the bullshit my cheese mo wrapped up in and the, the hip hop about, you know, fuck that dog, I'm hard on gangsta, I don't need this shit. But when it comes to your health or your mental health, I think post-pandemic, maybe in a year when we look back, we'll see. 
because now everybody's been locked up for a year. And people are starting to go, oh, this is some mental health is some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need, come on, I need, in hip hop, mental health has been proper in the last five years. But it's not, it's not something new, you know? Yeah. I just, ah, oh, I just don't know. I just don't know. I mean, hip hop has a long way to go when they talk about disability and disability rights and disability justice and disability in general, you know, I just, I just don't feel like, okay, Bush, Bush McGill, you know, queer power is trying to get to Bush McGill for three years. You know, Binky from Germany was trying to get to Bush McGill. He just didn't want anything to do with queer power. It's like, dude, come on, dude. You know, so once, once you try to ignore your 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 display, especially if it is you know new, then it's I don't know. It's like I don't know. <laughs> it's Latif, you tell me. So I I I because because again, it's not if you've never been taught. Or never seen, or or you never been, you know, you embraced it. Like it's different from saying, "Hey, Keith, you crippled," and me going, "Nah, -uh, I have cerebral palsy," and then you going through your whole life with a particular identity. And this this is the thing about disability and disability disability in general is that it's you know not everybody wants to wear the disabled manner because they really <laughs> excuse me are. They understand what that what that mantle means, and that in the larger context, like disability pride is one thing, but you know it 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 is something to be said about the fact that you know, it's something to be said about the fact that you know I'm proud about my disability, but that ain't going to change the fact that I still can't get in the building, or the doctor is still not going to talk to me, or so it's it's a it's a conundrum in terms of, because it's an individual choice. I walk in my cerebral palsy and I'm proud of it because it's mine. But if I know that me just going along with it and I ain't got to worry about it, you know, if you use race, it was just like light-skinned black folks who could pass. If you could pass and avoid, you know, the, the negative stereotype, you do it. Well, it so. It's not only being proud, you know, for example, the the lead singers on Heat, heat Wave, you know, became disabled. And he got, when he got, um, when, when he visited um, Katie Pendergrass, his whole life changed because he saw another black disabled singer do, do his stuff. And he totally changed his whole life. So it's not only being proud, it's about, Seeing yourself and you know changing yourself because you saw you saw an image of yourself. You know, yeah. the guys on Heatway saw Teddy Pendergrass. It's like okay, I, I can do this now. But when you completely shut that path off, 
it, 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 it's almost, um, it, yeah, it, it almost um, adds to your, uh, subtract your years of living because you don't know what to do. You don't, you don't know if you can do this because you don't, you, you don't run in those circles. And because you don't run in those circles, maybe your, your health is more effective because, I don't know, I don't know. It's just, it, it's just, it's just, it's just um, interesting that, yeah, it's just interesting that once again, the title of the talk, you know, why black men become disabled in hip hop and die sooner. You know. As a sociologist, well, Latif, what do you think? Otis, what do y'all think? Yeah. Oh, wow. I said it before on here. This culture has a real aversion of incorporating the disability identity and culture, and that hurts people because no one wants to seem weak or dependent. Yep. Sorry. Yep. And you true. And go ahead, Otis. Otis. Oh, my fault. Um, I think we... Our understanding of a healthy black person comes from shadow slavery. When they would examine our bodies, the only thing that they cared about was can that this black person engage in physical labor, or did they have any physical mal maladaptation that might prevent them from engaging in physical labor, right? So if any of those things was not an issue, then that would be deemed a sound black person to be sold, right? for financial gain. So when we talk about a sound black person, a lot of the time our requirements goes no further than, oh, well this black person is effective at engaging in physical labor, or this black person is effective at making money. This black person is effective at making music. But what does it mean to be a sound black person in an anti-black society? No one look at Black people's psychological needs going all the way back since shadow slavery, knowing contemporary times. So, I think one of the greatest issues we have to expand our understanding of what it means to be a whole black person because, in this reality, it's governed by Darwin's theory of evolution, survival of the fittest, and we wonder why. The, dis the disabled community is expendable, especially the disabled community is expendable. Well, because we quote unquote can't compete, right? Like this is how they measure, this is how they measure the basis of what it means to be a human. Can you compete? No. If you can't compete, then genetically you are inferior and you don't even deserve to exist, right? I know these liberals, they like complaining that they don't have universal education. Well, one of and the biggest reasons they don't have universal education because they voted against it. Because America was built off of eugenics and they didn't want the federal government to invest in universal education because they didn't think us niggas should have it, right? So, so you now you're mad at me because you fought against something simply to prevent me from having it because you didn't think I deserve it. 
right? But but this society is built upon you know I built upon um colonial ideology. Now, and I'm not just talking about America, I'm talking about the world. So yes. unless we actually address, unless we actually address the ideology that underlines all of these institutions, we will come to the same thing again and again and again and again until the world can no longer sustain human life and we are dead essentially. Because that's where this shit's going, to be honest. <laughs> Well, it, it also is that is that that that's the slave master thinking. This is the, the black community still have the slave master thinking. Because the slave master thinking is like, okay, the body is is it. So if you're disabled, you mean nothing. That's the slave master thinking. So we're in 2020. It was still having the slave master thinking around the, the body. Well, I mean, it, 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 there's two, it, there's two things. There's two things. So if the question is why do black men become more disabled and die in hip hop early? That's a very direct question, and that can be traced to a number of things. They could have, they could have pre-existing comorbidities. They could, they could have. And, uh, because again, though, how do you know if you're healthy if you don't never get a health checkup? Or how do you know if you're healthy if when you go get a health checkup, the doctor actually gives you the information <laughs> as opposed to like I'm real world example rolled into my doctor and they looked at me and was like, you look like your blood pressure is normal because they didn't want to go through the, these are doctors. And I think what what not even I think I'm gonna stop saying that. It is a clear a distinction between having intelligence and a skill set. <laughs> like you can be really skillful at being a medical practitioner and not be intelligent enough to recognize that you're carrying bias into that work. You can be really skillful as a as a psychologist, but not intelligent enough to understand how your own, you know, your own idiosyncratic ways have, have leaked into your work. There's a distinction. And you know, and it, and people are looking for simplistic answers. There's no simplistic answer to use a DMX or a Black Rob. You know, you know the, the fact of the matter is they did have a certain status that afforded them a certain level of access. Although Black Rob, but Black Rob was also a victim of bad management via AKA Puffy. So, like you know, like let like if we gonna talk about it, let's talk about it. Like, 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 like you know. So I don't, I don't, you know, I, it, it, there's, there's this, you know, we, we are at a point now Well, I, I know I'm at that point. I don't have the energy. No more. Like, I, like, I shouldn't have to convince you that my humanity is just as valuable as yours, even though you screaming Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Oh, Latif. Oh, well, see, right. What had happened was, see, we ain't got no curb cut. So, yeah. So does my black life, like does my life matter? Like let's talk. Like there's an like everybody in their mama was talking about DMX, 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 DMX. Oh, black, 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 black. But then you the same motherfuckers that don't want to take a shot because you don't trust white man. Like I get like I like the the choices we make in terms of what we think value, what what has worth and what's not, leaves you in a conundrum because intellectually. 
you can say, as a man who has a disability, I know I need to be aware of my health. But I can also know that if I roll my <laughs> nod speaking ass up into the doctor's office, that they're going to act like I have an IQ of four and I won't get the treatment that I deserve anyway. And then you sitting there going, what the fuck should I do? I could either walk out of here and die of a heart attack or I could sit here and die of a stroke stressing out trying to convince them that I deserve health care. Like, it, it's, it's a, it, before you die, there's a whole bunch of shit that happens. And, and I, you know, and I don't know if people are really wanting to grapple with the nuance and the complexities of their journey. Because, yes, you can be addicted to crack and not die. But if you're addicted to crack and you have a, a bipolar disorder and you have substance, other substance abuse issues and you have poor, poor health care, regardless of your financial access, that shit will catch up to you. And, you know, and again, at this stage of the game, just me, myself. Like we're in a pandemic and people are still debating on whether or not we should have health care. Mm-hmm. So if that's, if that's the general topic, then do you think they give a fuck about a nigga that rap? Hell no. And they even give they give less about a fucking nigga in a wheelchair who's trying to do something. And whether people are offended at the language, that's what happens when people are not in front of the camera. And so how why do they die quicker? Because men, black men in general in black in just black versus black women die early anyway. There's just, it's just today. It just seems more excessive and more expansive because we are now seeing it more. And and on top of the fact that we're in a pandemic and it just seems like death has just been coming in tsunamis as opposed to it used to just coming in waves. Mm. That's just me. I I think black men in hip hop having such a high mortality rate speaks to the uh, conundrum that patriarchy leaves us in. Now, I want to preference this by saying Black men does not benefit from patriarchy, regardless of what some might say. But patriarchy puts the male at the top above all life, women, animals, nature, etc. Patriarchy put men at the top. But patriarchy make that same male body expandable at the same time. I, I was just talking to I was just talking to my girl about how we built our manhood by how well we could please women, right? And then she tell me a lot of these people praising their own track record don't have the good track records that they think they do. A lot of it be down face lies. Like she telling you what you want to hear just so you can shut the hell up. So what patriarchy do it says our manhood is built upon how well we could please women and come to find out we ain't really pleasing women as well as we think we are. They just saying we are to to um you know soothe our ego or so to speak. So what I'm saying is patriarchy creates these contradictions. Right, while our focus it should be to take care of women because that's what the so-called man duty is, but it seems like it manifests the complete opposite. Patriarchy is supposed to put quote unquote sacred sacred 
you on a man's life, but it seems to do the complete opposite, where you'll be thrown in a war zone and be used as a bullet sponge, an expendable bullet sponge at that. This is why I was so mad when I seen Chad with Bowie being um, branded by Disney as the Black Panther after he died. They didn't speak to the realities that he existed as a black man. They didn't speak to the realities of the illness that killed him, which was cancer, which a lot of black men died from. Right? All they seen was, oh, a black man's dead. The community know him as a black panther. How can we identify him with a product and sell this product even more? So now we can sell even more toys and honor a child with Bowie. We can sell even more video games and honor a child with Bowie. We can sell even more ticket sales um, for Marvel and honor a child with Bowie. Make a magazine and put child with Bowie on it, but never speak to the realities that he has to exist as a black man. He's deduced to a goddamn product. And we call that honoring us. So that's what patriarchy do. It creates contradictions. Where it says the man life is valuable, value more value than any other life, but it manifests the complete opposite. It says our focus should be complete to be to please and take care of women, but yet it have done the complete opposite. So much so, women are more vulnerable now during COVID than they have ever been. They have the highest unemployment rate than they have mm-hmm. ever had. Right? So it, it 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 does not do what it's supposed to do. And that's what I'm saying, it's creating this contradiction. So it's not just black men being expendable, the, the male is expendable. The, the, the least expendable male is the white male. And if they have to, they'll expend the white male as well. And they'll put the white male on the battlefield if, they, if need be as well, right? So like I'm saying, all of this come back to ideology. It's the ideology that the Western world is predicated on. And the ideology have contradiction after contradiction after contradiction. It says it values one thing, but then it does another. It's so true, honestly. Yeah, so true. And one, once again, it goes back to that slave master kind of thinking. Because before we were captured and kidnapped and brought to this to this world, to this own country. In, in in Africa, it, it was the family. It wasn't the male, it wasn't the female. It was both of them working together. But once 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 we were captured and brought to this country under slavery, all of a sudden, you know, these separations, you know, started when we got out the boat. You know, men were more important. Non-disabled people were more important. You know, the stronger child was more important. All, all these contradictions started as we stepped off the boat, and we're still in in them. You know, and I don't I, like like Rondo Rondo Robinson said his book that. He doesn't think that um, it can be changed inside of inside of, of the U.S. You know, it needs needs to be changed outside of the U.S. Because inside of the U.S. is this the, the cycle just keeps on going on and on. And if you if you do step out and be 
sound like a Malcolm X and they shoot you. <laughs> so and 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 you know, on the other side you you get off by the Democratic Party, like you beat BLM and you're you know, you're saying the same things as the corporate um person in the White House. So yeah, so it, it's it, it, it's tricky in the US, you know. It, okay. Um let's see, you ready? <laughs> okay. All right. Um okay. I'm not giving people no little fucking passes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm we can't. You can't. You can't. You you can't again. We can't sit here talking about black liberation and black this like that. And then you know it's it's it's, it's sort of either you know when the the buzzwords the oppression Olympics and all this. <laughs> but we've been here a half a millennia in the diaspora, yeah. and you know and and people have been so desperate for a connection to an identity that we conjured up shit yeah. and we fractured our shit which you know and even in even even in embracing my blackness i understand that embracing my blackness is antithetical to what the blackness is because it's a fucking myth mm-hmm. like it does not fucking exist but it's it's real in the context of the existing in this industry so the juxtaposition, the reason white folks seem so comfortable in their whiteness is because they defined it juxtaposed to something they created and then labeled us as. Like, because when you were on the boat, you were not black, you were Hutu, you were Tutsi, you were, you were Maasai, you were, you were Congolese, you were, you were not black. You were somebody's daddy, somebody's mama, somebody's brother, somebody's sister. Here, we are black. Here we are black and not self-defined. It's only been recently that black folks have started saying, okay, this. And and what and and Otis to go to the point that you were talking about in terms of the black body and the, the profit, it, it's gone from the field work to now to the tragedy work. There's an economy of black rage and black pain. There's 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 entire careers of famous people built off of black pain and them being and them being tangential to it whether it's we're here to organize for you we're here to march for you we're here to do something like it's their entire it's an industry of getting black people away from racism and we have yet to figure out that it's a fucking industry and no and nobody's trying to work to put themselves out of business which is why I'm telling you, I don't want to die in that. If I'm sitting here in a year still having these discussions, I quit. It means I suck it with the fuck I do. Because it is not complicated. These are choices. These are choices where people are making cost-benefit analysis. Is it better for me to not have a black man be oppressed or a black woman be oppressed or the more than officials just go fuck it because I can get a bigger car? You know what? I'll be dead and they'll be riding on 20. So like, like, I'm just tired. Like these conversations are the same conversations and you go out and you do the same fight and then you have to convince the Congressional Black Caucus to talk about disability. Then you got to convince progressives to be progressive. Then you got to convince social, like 
why do I have to see black trans lives matter? They're not black. You know, why do I have to talk about black disabled lives matter? I'm not black. Like, what the fuck? So where's the intelligence and in understanding that the humanity is the part? Now, we need to contextualize it in blackness in order to escape that construct so the white folks can stop being so fucking crazy. I'm with that all day. But if we don't understand that what we are using to, to define ourselves was not even our own, it's not even originally our definition. It's not. They made it up and called us that. We were like, fuck it. We, you know, it's just like everybody who takes a derogatory turn, they take, they take it and put it on themselves and claim that power as to take the power from the people who are using it negatively. And so I'm hoping that with the DMX issue, with the black rob issue, with black women dying in maternity like they're in, like they're in the third world, that we as a people can understand that it ain't about this. Well, I'm not that kind of black. I'm not this kind of black. It's like, no, we all, it. whether you got money or you laying on the street, it don't matter. Because when a white person see you, quote, white, they still, you still a nigga. They may not say it, but it's there. I think, I think you point, you point it out, Keith, it's, it's, it's an industry. Everything in America is an industry. Oh. Everything we, we can make it as a nine to five job. And I, and I tell people that's the worst thing is a job. <laughs> the worst thing. <laughs> because I, you can see people working in in our oppression. Mm-hmm. I tell you, a couple of years ago, I was, I was downtown San Francisco. I saw a home a homeland security van. It was driven by Latino and black people. I was like, what? It's like it's a homeland security van. And they got in class. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So like I yeah, you you are totally right, Keith. Everything in America is an industry. It's an industry. And, and that and, and that one kills us constantly. Well I mean, how can how can police brutality be an industry? That that just that just irks me you know, kinda of, you know, you know, I've seen people climb that ladder. Ben Jones. Ben Jones was here in Oakland. I saw him climb that ladder. He used to tell me to shut up around that disability stuff. We were both protesting. And he climbed that ladder now and now he's on CNN. I was like, how can people climb a ladder off of our oppression and make a job off of it? Latiz, you ready? Yeah. Okay. This is such a prevalent topic. I was watching a segment on 60 Minutes where this Black West Indian doctor was explaining how Black people in America are having poor health outcomes because of our experiences with racism and oppression, and we have worse access to health care. So we are in a double bind. And like Keith says, we have to find like hell for our humanity. It is seriously maddening. 
Bruh, say it again for the people in the back. Because, listen, it is, so, okay, just to be fair, if I sound a little like, fuck it, because I'm really like, fuck it, because it's like, but let's, let's think that, because African-American studies, right? When they were talking about when we were, as a kid, sitting in the room listening to, to black intellectuals who would go on to be the, the backbone of these things, who were doing it out of being the children of the 60s and the 50s, who understood that we needed to change how archetypal education was going to structure the way people told our story. And then I turned like 30 and I was looking around, I was like, y'all suck. <laughs> because it be, and it wasn't, and it wasn't, and it wasn't like it wasn't the people that I love or kind of, but it was like there was like I like think about it. Was there ever a really handing of the baton in black leadership to us? I mean, d- just think about it. When whenever you see a black issue, quote, the, the, it's, it's legacy activists. But like it's 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 the rebels, the our sharpers, it's the people who've been there, you know, who who done these things. And I get it, this is what they do, this is what we do. But it's an industry. Like if I'm showing up in another police shooting and having another press conference and saying the same thing I said for the last 20 years, at a certain point, I don't want to do that shit no more. At a certain point, the question is, am I doing it because it's needed or am I doing it because at some point there's benefit to it? Because I get to go home. The person who is dead, you can't undead them. You, I can pray with you as much as I want to, but I get to go on to the next. So what is the industry? If the industry, like everybody's like, well, you know, we need to talk about policing. It's not. Okay. They started as slave patrols, right? They are not, it is not a constitutionally mandated job. There are 18,000 police, police, police um, departments, 18,000. How many of them do you know are under the actual control of the mayor or the city? I'll wait. I should play the Jeopardy theme song while y'all think about it. How many? Because in because you can, a mayor cannot fire a police chief. You know that, right? Did you you know why they always talk about the job the police being put on administratively? It's not because the mayor can say oh, you're fired. It's because the mayor does not have the ability to fire them. Like this is what I'm talking about the the economy of black rage. Like this is nothing. The shit that I'm this is nothing new. And so what are we going to do? As I, like, I don't even want to, I don't, I, like, I don't know what to do at this particular point. Because if I'm talking to Black folks who, oh, that's so cute that the crippled man is upset. Like, like, like it's this one of these things. So, again, why do Black men in hip-hop die early? It's not even hip-hop. It's just Black men die early. It's black women die early. It's First Nation people die early. It's everybody who has been labeled caustic to the quote, white experience or white excellence. We all have 
very, very, very deleterious health and socioeconomic outcomes on purpose. So it's not, it's not, and, and you know, and, and for us, it's not really, I mean, we can change what we can change, but white people need to change the shit within themselves. I can, you know, it's, this is what is the thing about addiction. You, you can't get sober for the addict. You can only be there to support the addict in getting sober. And, and white folks are addicted to white, to whiteness and white pop. They won't say it. They just won't let you move into their neighborhood. So. Keith, that remind me of the expression, don't get high on your own supply. Right. <laughs> And essentially, essentially, that's what whiteness is, right? It's a drug that sustains them economically, that sustains them politically, psychologically, because they get psychological benefits from quote-unquote whiteness, right? And it also gives them a high as well. So we want to talk about industries where people like, Bernie Sanders talk about how they go in private prisons or whatnot. To me, I laugh. And the reason why I laugh is because you're not giving me a substitute. You know, okay, this is a billion dollar industry. You are telling me this billion dollar industry is about to come and allow you overnight to destroy it while any replacement whatsoever. I told people, when you're framing this children in cages argument, you can't just frame it around Donald Trump because that's a, at least a million dollar industry. If not, it's on its way to be a billion dollar industry, right? So it's not, it wasn't just Donald Trump involved. We were talking about Walmart making money off of this. We were talking about Amazon making money off of this. We were talking about multiple Fortune 500 companies making money off of this so-called children in cages. So you can't just think, Getting rid of Donald Trump, you're about to stop this multi-billion dollar industry that multiple people are benefiting from. And the same thing goes for private prisons. You can't just think with the election of this one man, you go stop a billion dollar industry. You know how much free labor come out of private prisons? So my answer now, or my question is now, what are you going to substitute that free labor with? Or you want to emulate what China do? Well, what China do, they have sweatshops. Where they put them in and women, I mean, put their children in this sweatshop. We could do that, right? But for right now, what America free labor is is mostly black men in incarceration. Yep. Right. So when we're talking about industry, when we're talking about anti-blackness, we have to understand the entire globe was made off of anti-blackness. Like me and Lakeith was recently just talking about Jamaica and how the World Bank and the IMF do financial policies manipulate their, their national politics, right? But where did the IMF and the World Bank get its money from? Oh, they got it from France. They got it from America. They got it from Europe. Right? Where did Europe get their money from? Oh, that's like colonialization of the African continent. Right? And we want to talk about the Nordic countries. Where did the Nordic countries with these so-called socialist programs get their money from? Oh, they get their money from the World Bank. Who also get their money from colonialization, capitalism, and anti-Blackness. So when I say the entire world is built upon anti-Blackness, 
I literally mean the entire world was built off of anti-blackness. Like Tamika Mallory and Black Lives Matter making millions, multi-million dollars at the expense of black death. I'm not, I'm not mad. I don't support it, but I'm not mad at it because it's not nothing new. White people create nonprofits overnight to study why black people are all oppressed. Then they create reports off of it to get government grant money and do it all over again. And it repeat the cycle again and again and again. So the only thing they did was tap into a multi-million dollar industry that white people have created going all the way back to the missionaries. The ones yeah. who created the problems and then presented themselves as a solution. But none of this is new. None of it. And as, as you, um, going, going back to, uh, I forget his name, he's a black singer. Um, you, you know his name, Chief. They say that he jumped out of the window. Oh, my God. Then, um, you got to give me a look. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's his name. Oh, God. There, there was a documentary. Anyway, he was changing the music industry from the from the inside out. He was talking about um, union, black unions in the music industry. And all of a sudden, he, he, he jumped out of the window. But, mm -hmm. I, but the, the thing that he was, he was about to revolutionize the music industry to to get better, better, um, better support for black black musicians. That's, that's another thing in the black in the music industry. You know, you talk about DMX, there's no, there's no, oh, there's no union, there's no strong union, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no support, nothing. I mean, I, I just, I just don't understand why being like Russell Simmons with all his, all of his health and his, Bruce, what you're thinking, right? Well, why didn't he reach out to DMX and say, okay, brother, you need to change your lifestyle. Let's, 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 let's do this, let's do this, you know? I mean, Prince was doing that outside of the media. Prince was like changing the whole system that people didn't know until he died because he didn't, he, he didn't want the, the the class he wanted to make a change inside the music industry, and that's why most of the things that he did, nobody knew until he died. Oh, that that that, but that's just it's an old saying. I like some people's talents are exploiting other people's talents. <laughs> like that's just like. Like, you know, like, I always laugh. Like, some, like you know, people always try to make you analogy. I'm like, you know, some people are just really good at spotting talent <laughs> and shaping that talent, even though they're talentless, quote unquote. Um, the thing about the hip hop industry is that it's it's endemic of black creation in America. It's endemic of, it's, it, it's endemic of the, the offspring of the diaspora and our creative energy. Because and that that's why I'm so tired. Because like because 
you know, when people say, Keith, hey, how you doing, Keith? How you doing? I'm like, I'm black. They, and, they, and they fucked up when I say it. <laughs> like, but they're like, well, oh, well, I'm white. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But that black, but that how, how you doing, I'm black means everything. Because to wake up in a place where you know everything about your existence has been veiled, has been villainized, criminalized, devalued, and sexualized. And me, and unless you can do particular things, it's not you. You may or may not make it home to go to the corner store. Like that psychological burden is every day. And so, to ask why black men dying at an early age, or why black women dying at an early age, or why are we doing it's the answer is that. You know, like the answer is we literally are like, yes, we, we, you know, yes, I graduated college. Yes, we've done these things. Yes, we're independent black men on this Zoom. But that's in the, that's within the construct that we are literally at any given moment. One bad one, one white woman having a bad having a bad moment and saying, oh, my God, Latif, I thought you I thought you were going to hit me with your wheelchair. So let me call the police. Yeah. Next thing you know, we're on the news. Like it is that it's that fucking random. Go ahead, Latif. My take is different. I believe humans will not give up their privilege until the people that they have privilege over stops them. So white people won't give up to their privilege until we have the leverage and the force to make them. Same goes with able-bodied people with their privilege. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why this this discussion is not like you know. I just, so the running joke is I'm tired of being the white people's Rosetta Stone because I get I get white friends going, "Oh my God, Keith, I didn't know." Yes, you did. Yes, the fuck you did. You it it didn't impact you, so you didn't care. It's a distinction. So it's a huge distinction. It's not a fucking way you can live in the contiguous 48 or the 50 <laughs> and live in this country past the age of two and not have some kind of understanding about how this country works, especially if you're white. Uh, it's interesting because any, I mean, we, we've seen this cycle over and over again. You know, Jesse Jackson, El Sharpton, BLM, it's, it's the same cycle. And why people keep on keep on falling for the same cycle and working in the same cycle. So we we can talk about white white supremacy all day, but if we if we have a job in white supremacy, then it's okay because it's it's paying our rent or it's paying a multi million dollar house. You know, uh, yeah. Well, it's a real simple thing. If you see somebody rich and they doing social justice work, <laughs> then I need to know what the hell they doing because I've been doing this shit for 25 years and I'm broke. <laughs> so, so, and like, Latif, is there money in social justice? Because I haven't found it. 
I mean, it's a worthy cause. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, you know, but just to be cognizant of people's time, uh, we had another six minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Um, but I want to give um, either Otis or Latif and then Leroy um, your last thoughts. And I'll, I'll post the question like this. We know what it is, right? My question is, what do you think it'll take? Or what, or what, what will it take beyond a mass awakening, right? Because I'm tired. So what will it take for us not to be, excuse me, having these discussions in four years, five years? So that's the question that I'll leave you all with so we can close out. Who wants to go first? Latif, you want me to take it or do you want to take it first? Oh, yes, take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I forgot exactly what it was called. I want to say it was called the uh, epistemological catastrophe, something to that effect in alpha pessimism meaning only the complete destruction and the complete catastrophe of the Western paradigm will we find change. Because we have to understand our ontology, meaning the way we relate to ourselves and each other, the way we relate to white, black, Hispanic, um, able-bodied, disabled, disability, Right, which is the ontology, your physical being, is built upon our, our epistemology, meaning our worldview, our understanding. I mean, for example, take the word monster. The original meaning of the word monster simply meant anything that was abnormal. Look at the origin of zoos, where they kept human beings in them, right? And usually the human beings were people with disabilities, right? So the, the entire idea of the monster, which in and of itself is a multi-billion dollar industry in Hollywood. I mean, you wouldn't have none of these monsters in media if it wasn't for the villainization of Black disability. The only thing he had was a disability. Look at a lot of the depiction of witches, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the witches is simply people with um, abnormal body parts like broad noses or long noses, right? So our entire existence is vilified within the Western framework, whether it be women, whether it be people with disabilities, whether it be blackness or hell, whether it be nature itself, where we feel like we acknowledge to us as coexist, and then we overfrack in the area and then we leave that particular area no good for nothing. And life can't grow over there anymore at all, right? So only the total and other destruction of the entire world paradigm will any of this change. Until then, all we're going to be doing is planting roses in dead soil and then asking why are the roses poison? Well, maybe because the soil is toxic. You ever think of that? So that's my answer, just the total catastrophe. It ain't gonna be a beautiful picture because it wasn't a beautiful picture that constructed it. 
So we ain't gonna be singing kumbaya holding hands to end this, cause that's not how we created it. Okay. The teeth, you ready? Okay, Leroy. Um, you know, I, I, I totally agree with Otis. <laughs> and I I thought I thought this um pandemic would totally change people. I was like, God damn Americans with this they just this is this is this mind it's mind blowing that people wanna go back to what 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 it was. It's like, are you serious? This is a chance to change it totally drastic, overthrow the whole thing. But now we we want to go back to yesterday, and that's and that's and that's that's, that's America. That's America. It's, it's sad to see, and it's sad. You know, I look at my niece and nephews. It's like, wow. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> I love you, but I'm sorry that you, you have to face this country like it is because it, it, it is not changing after a pandemic. And I don't, and it's, 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 it's a lost cause. It's a lost cause. I mean, no wonder Stevie Wonder is moving to Africa. You know, I mean, guy, he's six or something years old. He's like, yeah, I tried. I tried. I, I you know, gave Dr. King a holiday. People thought I was crazy in the beginning, <laughs> you know, but I tried. So I, I you know, I just, huh, yeah, I just don't know about this country. Yeah, I just don't know. All right. Teach, let me know when you're ready. All right. So I guess I'll answer my own question. <laughs> it's gonna take it's gonna take about a, a QP of some really really good Cali weed, <laughs> some reggae, some old Marvin Gaye, and and then and and, and then a deep breath because it's not you. The the one the one thing that I've noticed in the last decade of of being involved in all of this stuff, and then this is on on every level from every from every issue. I think I think it was more it was more it, it was crystallized more to me when I was at a victims of violence a victim of violence crime conference, and we were there talking about making domestic violence shelters accessible for people of color with disabilities and people who are deaf. And the, the, the juxtaposition of that and the fact that when I had conversations with people who were in traumatic work and they were like, I didn't know, like, I, okay. There's this, okay, there's, there's showing there's, there's being places and then there's places where you intentionally show up. So if you intentionally show up in a social justice space because you're passionate about an issue and you want to right or wrong, but you're still homophobic, <laughs> right? You're still xenophobic. You're still racist. You're still ableist. Then 
I don't know if the term social justice is accurate. <laughs> because the question is, because the question of justice is my my I always I always like to give everybody back to a very basic answer, a basic starting point. So we can all start at the same point. What is justice? Okay. So what is justice? So what justice are we like when they say Black Lives Matter? Well, matters to who? And ma more importantly, matters for what? Because black basketball lives matter because they entertain us. Black, black field lives matter because they pick our food. What the black lives? So I think what will change it is people just coming to a realization that it's not complicated. You just got to want to do it. And, but, but like you said earlier, I think somebody said earlier, like, but, but if I can get rich on not doing it, Mm -hmm. Why would I do it? And so it, there has to be a disincentive of being popularized for protesting death. There has to be a disincentive for making a catchy hashtag for death. Like the incentive should be that that never happens again. And I don't, and I don't know in an age where you can instantly become viral and be placed on pedestals and to get book deals and then get, get all these things that have direct and immediate and significant alterations to your life. I don't know, I don't know if people are gonna willingly give that up. And so I think when we come, I, I believe when we come to a place where somebody's gonna have to be the first one to step out, you're probably gonna shoot the first 16 of us, but that 17 <laughs> the 17th dude that says we here, we here for the people. That might be the one. So I think, you know, and once we realize that even if we even if we wrapped ourselves in our blackness, that it is it is a part of our humanity, it's not definitive of our humanity. Because when it becomes definitive of your humanity, those that hate it will use it to eradicate your humanity. And that I think that's the part that people have lost sight of. It's like you can be it's it's okay to. The, my, my pride in my blackness is not the expense. It's not at the expense of your humanity. You mean besides having a total revolution of our thought and material reality, I don't think things will change because people are stuck in the old way of doing things. And it is sad, but that is how it is. People think we can all just continue existing this way, but we can't. Something has to break sometime. Yeah. And personally, I we have I, I think these conversations for the world are necessary. I just hope people hear and listen. Cause people because people are quick to take a a snippet and build an entire career on a word or phrase. Um, you know, it, you know, the irony is, is that all over your social media or your news feeds, everybody's preparing for what's going to happen if they find this man guilty for something he did on video, right? And then, you know, the, the other the other part of it is what happens if he is found guilty from his fellow officers. Like literally, shot, they they killed the man 10, 10 miles from where they're holding the trial. 
They shot a boy. And why is there a trial? Why is there a trial? It's all film. It doesn't because because again, I mean, and this is why I love y'all. But I'm leaving this shit in the year. I'm not. I I am not going. I'm not bald headed enough for this. I am not going to lose the rest of my hair. Having discussions with people. Oh, but your word, your your voice is so important. No, it's not. Because if it was important, I wouldn't be saying the same shit for the last twenty years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I like don't don't call me great. I'm not great. Because like, clearly I have made enough impact because you still, still are doing this stupid shit. Still, I still, I still can be out. I still went to go get a shot and sat in a wheelchair and nobody spoke to me. Still. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, and 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 and, just, and it's not, and it shouldn't be coming upon us as people. Black people, per station or by whatever we call ourselves, to constantly have to be the moral righteousness of a country, quote unquote, that was found on the most caustic, acerbic reasons possible, and then profit itself as loving all of humanity. So I love you all. That is what we will do. Thank you very much. So my brother. Once again, we have knocked out another episode of Black Disabled Man Talk. And Latifah, I see you typing something, so let me know when you're ready. Oh, no, you good? Okay. And, and just to let you know, we, you know, we ain't going to give up the fight just yet. But I'm not, I'm not trying to be 80 years old and say I'm still an activist. <laughs> I'm telling you that. I'm not, I don't want to be 52 talking about I'm still an activist. I want to be 52 talking about I'm on the beach. Latif is downstairs making drinks. <laughs> and Otis is over there causing havoc. And Leroy is annoying me because he wants me to do a beat like right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, like that's what we should be doing. We shouldn't be worried about the fact that white people are so insecure in their own, in their own, in their own construct that they have to kill us because they think we'll pull it apart. So, I'm 53. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying. Yeah, I'm not trying to get there. I'm trying to be done. All right, but I love you all, black men. Stay black. Yeah. All right. Peace out. So whoever's recording, it's on you, Jack. Thank you, Latif. Thank you. Yes. and there you go. Peace. 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 Yeah, hit me up, man. Hit me up. Hit me up. Peace, everyone. Yes. Deuces. <laughs> I won.